And we broke some news. Actually. Yeah, point blank. Isaac Newton wrote Cowboy Bebop, and the he and did. the 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 manuscript was discovered years later. After <laughs> floated onto the <laughs> Japanese shore <laughs> in a bottle. Oh my god! Yeah, just dude. rolled up in a scroll. I can't. <laughs> Are we recording? Optics. Are we live? Yeah, we're live. We are, yeah. We're live. This is here. Oh my god! We're live. This isn't just us perpetuating the false. The, the now kind of forced false notion that we don't know when we're live, it's that we're using a different thing so I don't see the little red dot. Come yeah, yeah I did, it is, I did it is actually, actually we different. Live, yeah. It's not performative right I'm now. I'm recapturing the original when we... Wait, are we recording? Uh, yeah, we are. we are. We are, we are. No, it's good. Oh, we're we good. are. We're good. Okay. Um, new stuff. New software, folks. New tech. New gear, if you will. Gabe's got multiple new windows gear. open. I got windows. I got tabs. I got... Four monitors. Programs. I got. I've yeah, got dude. Windows. <laughs> Gabe's got Windows. Matt's got Mac. <laughs> I've got Mac. Matt, Mac. Matt. Mac Matt, and me. Matt Miller. Matt's got, Matt's got Macs open. Mac Miller. <laughs> F F F F F. F F. Music sucked. F though. Yeah, F F F F. <laughs> so, um, hey everybody. Well, hello and welcome to Spine Crackers. <laughs> The theme song. Bam, 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 spine crack. We're gonna get sued. We sing so many highly copyrighted songs on this. Three, show. two, one. Let's read. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your favorite long-form literary analysis podcast, and uh, today what we have for you is an episode another about one. my another one. another one. My choice. We're talking the air conditioned nightmare by Henry Miller. That's Matt, by the way. Mm. I'm Matt. Matt. And yeah. I'm Paul. I'm Gabe. Yes. The three. The three. We can hear the <laughs> tap dancing of Gabe's dog. Yeah, I can hear it. It's just because my gear is so good. My mic is so Yeah, your sensitive. gear just picks up everything. It's so high tech. <laughs> um, A mosquito couldn't fly through that room without high fidelity. <laughs> that was it right there. That was one. Whoa. I don't know. Um, so yeah, Matt, what, uh, what, why'd you pick this book, man? What's up? What's up with the air conditioned nightmare? First, by the way, this is a milestone for the Spinecrackers podcast. This is our first entirely nonfiction text. Mm, I mean, yes. arguably, arguably, right? What do you mean? I mean, what about, what about the Museum of, Un- mm, there's well, more I mean, not that the Museum one. of Unconditional Surrender. I was thinking more of the uh, the French um, HIV book. The friend who did not save <laughs> my life. Well, yeah, Very yeah. Nice. <laughs> I mean, those are the fr- okay. Whoa. Yeah, that was that was rough. That um, was a rough description. Yeah, more like Hiv Guabear. <laughs> okay, dude. <laughs> we were so, we were so good on that actual episode, and now we're just we're getting it all out that we didn't get out then. Um, 
I was well, going to say something think... terrible, but I'm not going to say it. Good. Nice. All right, good. Yeah. Um, I like that. watching your journey in real time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've it would have been so really far. funny, though. You would have laughed really hard if I said it, but... We'll you, say it later. you got to leave them wanting more. I'll say it after. That's Patreon yeah. only. <laughs> That's Patreon only. We do... Have, oh, by the way, yeah, last time we forgot to mention... We have a Patreon. Go subscribe to it if you like this show. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel where uh, Paul is giving you, you little snippets. You can watch the new show, Paul Unleashed. <laughs> you can watch yeah. it. Do you want to see my daily with, routine? Just a picture of you with like caution tape over your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that video today, too, that, that book, that Treasure Island book is from 1928. Is that a like genuine... Someone, it's not a first edition. The first edition is like 1883 Rare or something. No, but still, is that for real? Yeah, it's an old book, and someone like I, I don't know where my where I got it or whatever. <laughs> you spilled but, um, coffee on it. I was just going to say. Yeah, I spilled coffee. I almost spilled. I didn't actually spill coffee on it, but I looked in it afterwards, and there was like someone who had signed it, like from S. This is for Stanford or something. Nineteen thirty, and I was like, "Holy fuck!" That would have been sick <laughs> if it was Robert Louis Stevenson himself. Yeah. yeah, or Charles Dickens, <laughs> or just Charles Dickens. <laughs> Charles Dickens. <laughs> oh my God! Okay. So if yeah, you want that, how... if you want that kind of content, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah. we certainly aren't aren't uh, archivists or anything like that. Just <laughs> spilling fluids all over. And thank you for all of our subscribers. There's 60 of you now, and without without you, we wouldn't have 60 subscribers. That's we have true. <laughs> So, <laughs> thank you for subscribing. Yes. Every person is one person, for sure. <laughs> and it all adds up. It all adds up to 60 right yep. now. And if, for yeah. now. And it, for it, now. Let's see more. Um, let's, let's, let's get those numbers up. we got to start yeah. moving some units here. Yeah. We need right. eyeballs. <laughs> eyeballs? We need eyeballs on screens, dude. So, I don't have a good uh, rationale or any sort of profound reasoning for why I chose this book. I, I had read um, uh, The Colossus of Marusi, I think. I don't know how you say that. Um, which is like, I don't know, apparently Miller's own personal favorite of his, which is why I kind of read it. Um, and uh, I don't know, I was kind of lukewarm on it, so it's not even like I... I had some sort of like fond memory even of Miller. Um, have you read Have you read any of his other w- stuff? Like what's what, nothing? Okay, cool. Yeah, that's interesting. Paul, have you, you ever read any Henry Miller? No, I have not. I okay. So I read um, one of the one of the tropics. I forget which years ago, and I don't remember it well at all. I probably read it, you know, before I should have. Um, and then I, but I, I did read, um, Big Sur and the Oranges of Hieronymus Bosch, uh, mm. and I, I, I loved that book, or, you know, not loved it, but I, I found it, um, you know, worthwhile. And I, I actually used, I believe a quote from that book as one of the epigrams on a chapter for my dissertation. Well, wow. Miller, Miller is just one of these dudes who's kind of like his, uh, you know, he, he did, I think by the end of his life become this late bloom like sort of recognized person of cultural icon of stature for a short while where he's kind of like larger than life figure he he just strikes me as a very interesting american writer i was specifically i guess i was just kind of looking for uh what this book i think is which is a uh, uh, 
I, I thought it was interesting that it's essentially just this like kind of Jeremiah about America, just like a constant stream of basically invective <laughs> and lamentation about uh, the country. Right. Uh, and I just, you know, Miller himself just interests me. I, he's, uh, I mean, he's really, I think he's a really good writer. Um, sex stuff. Sexy stuff. Although this is not at all sexy. No, really. no, no, no. No sex. No, no sex in this really at all. Although he, yeah, he wrote a whole, he wrote sexist. Uh, but um, I also know he's like kind of a precursor. He's like a precursor to the beat uh, and kind of influenced that whole scene pretty heavily. Uh, and just like the time period that he's writing in is interesting to me um, because he's f- the only reason he's in America is to flee Europe because World War Two was beginning uh, and France was, you know, occupied and he fled right. to Greece and then it got hot in Greece and he had to go back to oh, America. Oof. I thought you said for a second, I thought you said uh, hot and greasy. <laughs> got hot and probably like as well. That. Think about all those Greeks. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Greeks and scene. then uh, rubbing olive oil on each other before they have uh, no. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> so yeah, he had to flee, and, and uh, so he's kind of like pissed that it makes sense they would write something like this. It seems a bit because like he's very against his will, was forced to come back to America, mm-hmm. uh, and then was looking for I think just kind of a, a, a project to do in order to make some money and like establish himself back in his home country. Um, Anyway, so yeah, j- it's almost weirdly more about like the uh, biographical details of the story around it, which is part of the book, pre- basically. But still, you know what I mean? Like, totally. It's an interesting that, that like. Stuff. It's an interesting, you know. It's not a follow up because it was two weeks ago at this point, but um, you know the other, the other sort of book about exile and being another another country that we read, the Museum of Unconditional Surrender. Um, this is sort of an interesting, like, mm. can could play potentially interestingly with that, which we've already mentioned because of the sort of autobiographical aspect of that text as well. But, you know, this sort of sense of being out, out of one's home country, or in this case, back in one's home country, but also having that sense of exile from somewhere that maybe you would prefer to be. Right. And I don't know if it's necessarily true, and somebody could probably be like, you know, no, this was this was pioneered or, or this form was broken earlier, but I think Miller gets credited with, I don't know what you would call this form, but a sort of, this sort of a mixture of biography and travelogue. And I don't know, almost like basically like I, journalistic, but in the Road sense of, a, but in the sense Road of a journal, not in the sense of like reportage, but in the sense right. of like, yeah. I, so I don't know if he was like kind of, regarded as the first person to popularize this form of writing with this book it it is a it is a sort of unique like no earlier it's certainly like uh a unique unique sort of formally because it's like a mix this book specifically you know i was sort of expecting like a i don't really know what to expect but i was sort of expecting kind of like a like a proto like fear and loathing type text and it's not really that at all like there are parts where he's describing the sort of travel and the places that he's in and stuff but it's also interspersed with essentially extended essays on like random random ish topics like artists and and 
like art itself and memories of France. And so it's like, it's not like a, it's not like a travel road trip book in the way that that phrase, like the, the, the way that phrase hits me. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. It's a little bit more than that. It's more like a person, like a someone's personal experience with the country and their own personal experiences w- and thoughts about their, their country. Um, it's pretty, uh, I don't know. I found it, I found it a little bit like heavy handed in, in some aspects. I found it a little bit like, um, I don't want to give away too many of my cards too quickly, but it, it felt a little bit like, uh, <laughs> someone who was, how should I say this? You should just like, let it rip. Someone who was very bitter about their home country and, um, Maybe a little bit like uh, they, they they weren't informed enough to make a decision about their own opinions, <laughs> perhaps. Um, it's it's a very hate filled. I, I would say it's a very hate filled memoir about America, and um, Miller seems to obviously definitely just hate America, and except for the Grand Canyon, which is in <laughs> right. the, the last seventy five percent of the novel. <laughs> but the first I would like like the first like 50 pages of the book are just like him talking about um like how much he hates America and the the sprawl the uh and how native americans should have just like continued to rule the country um it <laughs> it it actually kind of reminds me of someone who who just read Noam Chomsky and watched Koyanis Katsi and they just decided to write a novel about. But isn't it interesting that he couldn't have done either? I know. Well, that's, that's the one. That's the one saving grace I would say is that like, this is written in, like seventy six years ago. It was written in nineteen or seventy seven years ago. It was written nineteen forty. So it's 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 like a a view of someone who was living in a in a period of time when America was still very like people that were in America were very like. I love America. America's great. So he he had this like kind of anti-populist view of uh of what America was. Um so it, in some ways I really do connect with a lot of the things he says about America. Like I don't as as an American, I don't totally love the way that country is laid out. I don't love the architecture. I don't love highways. I don't lo- I don't love the lack of uh of uh train systems and like there's a lot of things that i definitely agree with and that i i I really find um appealing in in a lot of ways especially for someone who wrote this in 1941 or whatever but (laughs) i don't know i there's something about it that just like it feels juvenile to me the way he wrote a he the way he wrote it it feels a little bit juvenile like like how I would have written something when I was 17, but I'm struggling with something that is like, you know, this was written so long ago. So like, how can I judge someone for feeling that way? So like in, in such, in a different decade years ago. So just take into consideration, I guess, like what's going on. Uh, I, yeah, I think I know what you mean. Mm. They're obviously, Miller is a pretty like he he's he's prone to the sweeping 
generalization about certain things that he just sort of, it seems like a lot of the time, just knee-jerk doesn't like. And that can be frustrating. And uh, certainly seems blind to what I would regard as like the the subtler charms of the U.S. But at the same time, you know, America is not really going to be, you know, post-World War. It's not, it's not involved in World War II yet. And, like, I think it's, like, the what I find is that's so dead on is that he's kind of decrying shit that's only gotten worse by and large. And so I just, I, I thought that was pretty prescient, just, like, just mechanization and devalue is it you know devaluing of of the individual and art and like you know by the turn of the 20th century capitalism was kind of like off the reservation but like <coughs> at this point you know he's definitely you can he, you can tell he's feeling it um but then all that shit uh, uh where America is like fully dominant in the at least in its own self narrative that everyone believes is gonna have is going to be after World War Two. So I just find it interesting. Just someone someone describing the like psychic feeling of, of that uh, right before it occurs. Yeah, like I don't deny it, the fact that like like there's a lot of uh, people that he meets that are just like you know, stereotypical, truly American, like th- towards the end, he meets a guy in Hollywood who is like an ex football player. Um, and he meets him at like a Hollywood party and he's just like a douchebag. And he's like, like calling out someone down the table, like you're from England, go back to England. Yeah. Like a and chauvinist. He's a t- yeah. He's just like a typical asshole douchebag guy. Um, and I think that's kind of like a, a true generaliza- generalization of how he sees Americans. Um, is just being like obtuse and um, just like loud and obnoxious, and he he kind of sees the whole country in that regard. Uh, and I I I do think it's interesting for someone to see that in 1940. I I, I don't deny that that's like a it, it it's a it's a viewpoint that I wouldn't necessarily think that a lot of people would have at that time. Um, but there's something I f- mm. I found I found like dissatisfying about it reading it now, even though like in retrospect, it's kind of refreshing to know that someone was thinking about the country in that way during that time. Yeah, you guys have all made some very subtle points. I, I thought this was absolute <laughs> garbage. I thought this was absolute, <laughs> like, borderline irredeemable trash. Um, I, I, I thought that it was one of the most shallow, glib, facile attempts at getting at what America means that I've ever encountered from any Here era. Here we go. Here going, we go. Going back to fuck. And we've had people who've undertaken this project since the beginning of America, essentially, in literary form. Yeah. Uh, and this was just the, to me, it felt like the worst and we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about specific passages and stuff, but it felt like the worst combination of, uh, a college junior who just got back from a semester abroad (laughs) and the sort of like, uh, you know, um, coming, coming of age, rich New York person who 
is getting uncomfortable with their pedigree and wants to slum it in the South for a while and falls in love with the slow life and goes to Waffle House and stuff. That is one of my least favorite portions, yeah. It was it was so painfully obvious that Miller had no understanding of the people or the places that he was attempting to engage with that it it, it his thoughts became like quickly like worthless to me i think there's maybe some interesting stuff in there about broader trends in art i don't really know enough about the history of all that stuff to talk about it too much because that's the like really there's another half of the book which is like about art and artists yeah so that may be a separate conversation and i'm not like you know necessarily evaluating that stuff in the same way but the travel stuff the stuff about the american people or people from this state or this part i thought it was basically worthless yeah, I actually, you know, I was I was also sort of being tenderly walking around it, but like, yeah, <laughs> it was it's it's pretty like brutally just like just like he like knew what he wanted to say at the beginning or something. Like, he's got the chops to yes, kind of like exactly. s- to kind of like spin an observation into something that seems, uh, you know, sort of meretriciously to have depth, but yeah, his, like. And and also just like he's not really right, you know, for something that's supposed to be about yeah the uh, what the the essence of America, the heart of America. Mm-hmm. He kind of just names towns, but who he ends up loving in his encounters are uh, he he disparages some wealthy people at the end in Hollywood, but. Mm-hmm. He loves uh, Rit. The ri- he loves Weeks Hall, the rich Southern fail son who just gets to sort of like <laughs> live in a big house. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, the, I, I kind of agree with you. All I'm trying to say is I agree with you. Like, I think he really does. It's really not about America at all. It's just sort of about like his opinions on what culture should be. Uh, and and then I think the only things that he has to say of some worth uh, are about art and artists, like mini biographies of other artists who mm-hmm. are genuinely interesting people. Um, and I, it's hard to confuse, like, is, is you know, like, Edgar Varese or whatever, is a he's a really cool composer. Right. Uh, I, I can't remember the name of the... Helene Hilar, yep. the, muralist the muralist, yeah. and color theorist. Like, very interesting people he happens to know. You know, he, he was chilling with Lawrence Durrell in... The right. Colossus of Mas- he's just I don't know what he is, but he's one of these guys that just like has strung along um, an existence by being a personality, and he's just met a lot of <laughs> cool people. For sure, I yeah. don't really. I mean, I was so also, mystified by how he supports himself or how he's been living at any point. And I, I just there's one thing uh, like oh, this is the last thought on that, on that. But like those parts, and I like we I think we should can and should talk about them in more detail. But like what are they doing in this book? Like, I, 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 like, why are they in this book? Like a lot of them are not really, it, it's, it's not like a lot of it is just his sort of memories of these people. And sometimes it, they're not even like contemporaneous. It's not, that's not like he ran into most of them with some exceptions, like on over the course of this journey, he's describing, he's just like drops in an essay on Verese for like, what, like, why, what, what, what is that adding to this? The overall point of this book? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I just wanted to say that that he he does love like the aristocratic white person that 
is just like living an interesting life. But he does, he does have like a racial side to him that he, uh, he values like the the black person in America during this time. And there's a few passages of different characters or people that he meets that are um, like one one in particular was like this this black kid and I think in Arkansas where he he said that he like this kid like went into a store and like stole some shit and uh that that was actually a really good passage for me and i think that it shows that miller does have like a like a liberal heart to him maybe but um it's it almost seemed to be like showman like he was trying to be a showman like i'm so progressive that i that I agree with these type of like, uh, or I, I like value the people that are in disgrace or in, you know, a troubled time in their life in these races that are just like devalued in America. I didn't, I, I found it to be like overall pretty pretentious and the liking of, and the, the connections that he had with, with quote unquote lesser people I thought were like kind of forced I, 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 yeah, I agree that I think the like the racial politics of this book are a whole can of worms on on their he own. He goes back and forth pretty pretty yeah like like whiplash inducingly like yeah yeah and there like I've 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 there's some passages that I've highlighted that I can probably find of where he's describing life in the inner city and and I think like it goes back and forth between this sort of like just you know like bare disdain and like this, this is just, you know, and, and there's a, there's a passage about how, you know, it's the, the sort of classic like opiate of the masses and critiquing poor black people for engaging in certain types of religion and blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. Um, and, but, but even in its sort of best, most, most quote unquote sympathetic moments for me, his racial attitudes are, are at best anthropological and, and at worst sort of like this kind of pity filled, you know, uh, uh, like looking, looking at, at, at creatures behind a glass screen, you know? And then it's, and then I think Paul's right. Like there is this other aspect of this sort of like performative, like, well, one of these days the native Americans are going to rise up and kill us all and we'll deserve it. Damn it. Which like, okay, we can talk about the, whether or not that's like true, but it's just, I don't know. And, and again, you know, who knows, maybe this was edgy and and important and interesting to say stuff like that back then, but it just isn't anymore to me. Yeah. I think it was a lot of it was just contextual to the time to, you know, like, I think it was not only was it edgy, I think it was very edgy to, I don't know. Like to be like, yeah, the white man will get his comeuppance, and also to just sympathize at all at any point with you know <laughs> Native Americans or Black people in the U.S. Yeah, um, that's so that's yeah. probably true. But it's also just a yeah. It's <clears throat> I, it. What was confusing is that he he um, hmm. It's the it was the ping ponging back and forth between like. And it has something to do with, because I know he was, like, kind of, like, loosely uh, anarchist. Like, uh, he talks about, like, attending the Emma Goldman lectures, mm-hmm. and those, and those like, shifted his perspective radically. And he's also, obviously, throughout the entire book, quoting and dropping sort of 
Buddhist and Taoist uh, references and and describing himself as as affected by by that pretty heavily. Um, but the effect was confusing and uh, more than anything because it you know remember so at the very end right like you know what I'm about to say I I think so you know. Uh, every great civilization was built on the backs of a disposable workforce. Yeah. Who basically, you know, all that goodwill about you know whatever the the, the subaltern uh, and uh, the uh, the the genuine aesthetic and and you know down to earthness and all this kind of stuff of of the layperson and the. Uh, uh, and the downtrodden underclass suddenly and his and his fetishization a bit of the south is it was just a big red flag yeah uh because i think ultimately it's it's more what you're describing paul it's kind of uh and it's mostly aesthetic uh and therefore it's like he just goes to say like listen those beautiful statuaries and colonial homes and you know cultural mores and uh trappings of high society that used to exist in the south you know antebellum uh who can say that how many human lives aren't worth a cornice that's nice to look at like yeah. just like you know what i mean yeah, yeah. Just like, what in the fuck are you yeah he goes it well, just like destroys yeah. your whole like buddhist fucking you know whatever it's well it's, i mean it, yeah go ahead go ahead gabe no okay i, I was just gonna say that like i am a person who uh, values like things that Henry Miller value in a lot of ways. Like I, I value architecture. I, I value how like countries are laid out. I, uh, I do think there's a problem in our country of just like, I don't know. I lived in the Midwest for a long time and I hated the sprawl of America. I hated how every town I went to as a, a painter, I painted uh, people's houses uh, and every town I went to in the surrounding Minneapolis area was just like a Best Buy, a Target, um, and that's all things that Hen- Henry Miller like didn't value in the '40s that are true now. But there, th- <sighs> I lost my train of thought. I'm so sorry. I no, drank too much sake. Just that there's, there's like <laughs> it's pronounced sake. Yeah, for it's God's sake. sake. Uh, well, this is this gets into like more of what we were talking about as well with like uh, some of his decrying of the devaluation of like artists and outsider modes of expression and c- the conformity of the U.S. It's like you know it, in in two, 2021 that's that is that's hard not to hear and and roll one's eyes at for the most part. But uh, I mean, it also is true. Like I think, or you know got worse in terms of its intensity on uh in, in, uh, uh as it bore down on people post World War II. So it's the only thing I uh that I will really give Miller call out for being like the right amount of pessimistic about. Um but but that's kind of uh where it ends. Like I said, he's more an aesthete in a lot of ways than than anything else. Certainly a sociologist or a culture critic or any of that. Yeah, I, I mean I think I 
I, I have some thoughts. I just wanted to just put a bow on the, the like, defensive slavery discussion. I mean, it's because, that's wild. I mean, that last phrase, yeah. Because it's, it's, it is relevant to this, all this other stuff. And I have some other thoughts on, the, on, all, on, on kind of what we've been talking about since then. But um, it, 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 it is, it's, he basically, like, yeah, goes through Detroit, goes through some of these northern cities and, you know, expresses in his, you know, imperfectly 1940s way sort of his sympathy for the oppressed and, and, you know, black people in this country and native Americans and, and so on and so forth. But then he sort of gets to the South and spends a little time and looks around and kind of goes, you know what, worth it. And it's like, what the fuck dude? Like what it's, I, I, I can read the, 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 the passage it. because it's pretty like, maybe I'm, we're misinterpreting here, but this feels pretty explicit to me. So, um, Let's see here. Where's the best place to start? I guess I'm just going to read this whole paragraph. In Mississippi, near the banks of the great river itself, I came upon the ruins of Windsor. Nothing now remains of this great house but the high, vine-covered Grecian columns. There are so many elegant and mysterious ruins throughout the south. So much death and desolation, so much ghostliness. And always in the fairest spots, as if the invader aiming at the vital centers struck also at the pride and hope of his victim. One is inevitably induced to reflect on what might have been had this promising land been spared the ravages of war. For in our southern states, that culture known as the slave culture had exhibited only its first blossoms. We know... (laughs) I I know. It's bizarre. We know what the slave cultures of India, Egypt, Rome, and Greece bequeathed to the world. We are grateful for the legacy. We do not spurn the gift because it was born of injustice. Rare is the man who, looking upon the treasures of antiquity, thinks at what an iniquitous price they were fashioned. Who has the courage, confronted with these miracles of the past, to exclaim, better these things had never been than that one single human being had been deprived of his rightful freedom? Uh, that, like, I, I, I don't know. I find that to be, like, morally, like, monstrous, like, as a position. But it, it doesn't even, and what's even more confusing is it's 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 not what Miller has been on. Miller has just described. Uh, sorry, I'm scatterbrained right now. But like, it's just sort of in complete opposition to things he'd said before. That's right. all. It's not even like he displayed this type of like lethal, horrendous loyalty to aesthetics at all costs. Well, but uh, no. I mean, there are like other moments, and you mentioned Matt that he sort of comes off as more of a, like an aesthete in many ways that are sort of like very, but like uh, a pacifist and a Buddhist and shit. Like he, well, right. he's, he's overtly said that in the book as well. Yeah, right. So it's just it's baffling it's, and more true feeling. Right. That end part. Right. I mean, and, well, and it reminds me of it reminds like I, I was reading this book as. Uh, like I was picturing the like Henry Miller as Biden dressed up in like African garb, <laughs> like Joe Biden dressed in like an African like. You don't have to picture body. that. Chuck Schumer did that. Yeah. What did he do? They what? dressed up Chuck Schumer and Nancy Pelosi and them dressed up in like I forget what. Ken- the Kente name cloth. Of the, yeah, kente cloths or whatever. I mean, that's I was picturing Biden dressed up like in kente cloth. No, whatever, whatever floats me. your boat. Yeah. It floated my boat pretty hard, and that's what I was picturing. Um, but like I was picturing just like an old liberal, like an old liberal, um, someone who has like very prominent like liberal beliefs when they like start talking about 
their personal politics, but when it comes to like their actual beliefs, it comes out in this book that like they're very much like racist. Um, and they don't even see it themselves. Well, in that sense, I would argue that this book, um, one of the other pr- prophetic things about this book that Miller didn't probably intend that tracks to the current day is that gener- broadly speaking, American sort of, you know, New York art slash, you know, suburban wine rich people, their liberalism is precisely aesthetic and only aesthetic. And I think that is sort of something that Miller is uh, exhibiting throughout this text in a lot of ways as well. What is the, um, when did, like, there's also just the Francophilia, which is... uh, Don't even get me started. That that's almost per- personal to me and maybe you, Gabe. But just like, shut Not up me. about Not me. how Not do me. you hate? Do you hate it, Paul? I didn't just don't know if you I don't hate know it what that, I don't know what that is. So you're right. Uncritical <laughs> love of of gotcha, France. You didn't get me. You didn't get me. Well, no. Here, join us. I think you agree. Uh, yeah, jo- I'll join you. Because I'm we're smart. talking about a, not too far. Like I think him. You know. He's joining the ranks of people like Hemingway, who not too long before he got there, lived there and kind of made that place famous. Fucking Woody Allen loves it. Yep. <laughs> uh, you know, magical gay Paris, the city of lights. Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> and the why funny thing it's about this book so loved by like American yeah. expatriates. Well, the funny thing about this book it was make me think of uh, a Holbeck a little bit, and just like France in general. And I was actually thinking, like, wow, is is France just, like, the most white state in the fucking uh, globe? Like, is it just, like, the most, like, in love with its Western culture that it becomes, like, like a fucking toxin? And um, they can't, they, they, like, think they're, they're so fucking beyond racism and toxicity and the patriarchy, but, like, no, they are exactly what everyone thinks they are, and they're just like uh, horribly involved in in like their own personal culture and like their own um, redeeming qualities of just like I'm I'm just like culture is important. Being a France a French white person is important, and culture and architecture and museums and shit. Um. So I, 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 yeah, it was. I mean, I actually really like France. I like French comics a lot. <laughs> I think I want to go to Paris someday. Um, but <laughs> this was the first time that I was just like, wow. I, I think it can actually like, it it can affect you in a horrible way to like be in love with that part of the world and that part of hey, history. You know, you know what? It, you know what's probably you know what's wrong about that is uh, essentializing and simplifying an entire culture. Uh, and going, uh, it's good, yeah, or or it's bad, which is what he Wait, does on make, both ends you, of that spectrum. Right. In this book. Are yeah, you making fun of, of me or are you making fun of Miller? <laughs> I'm making fun of Miller. <laughs> okay, good for this book, which he's just going this but bad, because that's it, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's just this sort of reductive, like, yeah, France good, USA bad. It, it, like I I was texting you, Paul, about this earlier on, like just asking if you had any initial reactions as we were reading this in the group chat and you were just like your summary of the book was just like America sucks. There's no croissants there. 
<laughs> that's, like, that's like they're big chunks, particularly at the beginning of this book. It's just like freedom bread. Not really that far off. Well, I mean, the funny thing about like, uh, like I want to go back to Miller talking about the little black boy from Arkansas or whatever. It actually reminds me of like, <laughs> it's like a weird um, metaphor for how uh, France allowed so much. Uh, what's it? Go I on. Know. I can't. I can't speak, and I can't think of words while, while I'm on the podcast. It's a problem of mine. <laughs> uh, what's it called when people come into your country? Like uh, emigrate. Like, em- yeah, immigration. Like how, how uh, France has allowed so much immigration. I mean, it, it revolves around uh, Holbeck's book, totally, of just like Muslim culture infiltrating uh, the the French culture, the historical. Fr- the historic French culture. Um, it just, it, it reminded me of just like a person that like wants to agree or just like associate with anti-racist notions. Like I want, I want to love this person. I want to love this character that I met in America. And it reminded me of just like the whole generalization of French immigration laws of just like, yeah, let's let everyone in. But once they're in, I don't want them here, and I'm going to disbar them from uh, wearing their traditional Muslim garb. It, it, I think it's like a it's like a weird like like it's it's a weird thing for me. It's just like I want to be inclusive as possible, but once they're here, I I want no contact with them at all. Yeah, I I, I mean, I I mean, in my opinion, I don't. It's like there are there were a couple like alarming racial elements or uh, and observations. Mostly, it seemed like he was like kind of all right, even for the even for the forties. It was that it was really just that last bit that I was like, that, okay, well that's monstrous, you know. Like I was just like, oh shit, you just saved a very monstrous, uh, spicy ass take for the end there, Henry. Uh, but mostly it's. <laughs> True. I don't think there's even uh, yeah. I don't know about like contemporary. You know, like the, the the Muslim immigration and stuff, whatever in France. I, like in the, I'm just curious about like uh, the because it's hard to tell what is the export. Like the, there's there's the French high on their own farts, right? Culturally, I would say mostly. Like we have the best food, we have the best artists, we have the best writers. Uh, and then we have the best coffee shops. We have the best coffee. We have the best espressos. Right. We have the best tiny tables you can sit and have an aperitif <laughs> at. We uh, have the best berets. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and striped yes. shirts. Uh, yeah. But I, so I'm just curious about like when because that stopped being the viewpoint, and I, I think it was also at the after World War II. Uh, where like France initially was like the kind of cradle of culture for uh, a long time, at least in like, um, and I don't know. Again, I need to get my history straight, but like, yeah, there was a reason it was idolized as this like, this place to go for people who were who were creative and particularly like artistically, are, who are artistic in temperament and like kind of sensitive and and wanted the, to experience the finer things that America as like a far more crude and in your face country wasn't offering yeah i mean it's like to me it's basically like 
you know, it's sort of the the you know, the basically the the legacy of the Renaissance, right? It's the legacy of sort of right, yeah. like Descartes and the sort of like French art move like artistic and musical achievements of the time and you know, obviously Italy was a big player there as well, but yes. Italy has a similar sort of mystique in a lot of ways, especially for Americans and people in the West and um, in, the, you know, the North American West. Um, so, which is, which is earned in certain respects. It's just how you then where that legacy leaves you now and how you like engage with it as time goes on. And that's, what's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's annoying is that like there's a there's a diseng- disengagement with Miller coming back to America. Like I think he left America when he was 38, and he came back 10 years later, and that's when this book was written. So he was like 48. And um, significantly, he was he he didn't want to be back. Like that's the other thing. No, he was, already, he was yeah. already grumpy and pissed, and didn't even want to deal with the U.S. And so yeah, it felt like it felt like someone like, who like went on like Live Journal or Tumblr, and they were like, "I'm going to talk about how my horrible road trip around America, and I love the Grand Canyon only, and everything else sucked, and I love the South, and Charleston, South Carolina was okay, but uh, <laughs> it, New it, York City sucks, and I'm from New York City, and it's stupid, and I hate Detroit, it does. And, and I love Waffle House. But yeah, it's I, funny it, because Miller, like, uh, of course. You know, and one of the reasons that this book was so, I mean, like shocking, genuinely shocking for me to read was because the other sort of book that's about a like place and about like America and like something that might be called like an American identity or whatever, whatever, is Big Sur and the Oranges of Hieronymus Bosch, which was published like a little bit, 10 years, 12 years after What'd this. What did you say? Did it's you called say Big, got trouble to... in Mil- Big Trouble in Little China? Big What'd Trouble in Little California. Big Trouble in Little Sur. <laughs> Big Trouble in Little France. And in, and in that book, Miller is e- effusive about California and the American coast. And he it's a paradise there. on earth. And well, that's the other thing is that if, you read, this, if you read this book... You would, you would, it would be very difficult to guess without knowing about Henry Miller's life that he voluntarily chose to retire in America, in California, and live. Yeah. He lived there for the rest of his life. He never left after he came back from writing this book. That's really surprising to me because, like the the end of the book, he he goes, he, he ends up in California, and it seemed to me like that was the the place he hated the most in a lot of ways. He just thought like the culture and the people there were just like bullshit. Yeah, it that ends is in, really it ends weird in, to me the west and he's like this this place is a fucking hellhole yeah which i actually agree with i think california <laughs> sucks balls we love and you I california listeners <laughs> yeah california i mean yeah North, if you're in california Northern Cali I love you, is just cool. move away i mean i hate mo i hate i mean it, yeah paul it, it sounds it like weird, you sound was, a little henry miller-esque right now. i f- yeah, i do dude. i do feel a little henry miller-esque <laughs> like, i don't like america that much i'm a little bit of a see, noam see, chomsky that's butthole see that's the other thing is that <laughs> No Chotsky butthole, dude. I am. I mean, I'm a fucking. I I don't like America in a I lot know. of ways. I think that people suck here, and I I haven't been anywhere. I've been to Canada only, and I've mm-hmm. been to uh, only Canada. <laughs> but uh, I I don't like it here that much. Uh, I don't. I but like. I don't know what I'm trying to say, dude. Like I, I agree with a lot of the the reasonings why he hates the layout of America. Like. The actual like, 
discussions he talked about in in terms of just like how America is just like pop like populized in terms of just like you know neighborhoods and roads and highways and uh it it looks ugly the architecture sh- is shit i agree with that wholeheartedly so that see i don't like, that's where we disagree like i mean i, I love I actually, america and i love the shitty i love everything about it like i think there's a, there's and this is something that people have you know captured much more elegantly than miller you know certainly since but also probably before um just you know I, I, I personally, and this is, we don't have to get into an aesthetic debate about America, but I love strip malls. I love fast food streets. Let's do streets. it. Let's get into a no, fucking I, I, debate about a strip mall in America. That's not. I hate that's it. not. Like, I, I fucking hate, I fucking hate it so much. It's ugly as shit. It's terrible. There's no culture. But that's it the thing. That's the, there, and, there but is I, culture. But I also, I also hate. someone like Henry Miller is an elitist. I also hate people that, uh, that are elitist that just love like French architecture from like the 1700s or like I hate that too. There's like an equal level of hatred to me. I think I hate all humanity equally. As um, long as you're yeah, egalitarianly filled with bile. I mean, I hate I hate every single like most humans I ever come <laughs> in contact with. So like <laughs> yes. you you two are like, you know, I I love you and you should be, you know, astounded by that claim because I hate most people. Um damn you're but like yeah, Daniel like, Plainview. Yes, I am. I'm like Neo. Okay. Okay. That's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> but it becomes I, when you go too too far down that that road of like you were saying, you know, like France is the seat of culture, France is the cradle of civilization, and blah, blah, blah. That's where everything good comes from. It you quickly get to this place where, you know, and I think Miller is is there whether he knows that he's there or not it's almost this like you know not not to like shout this guy out and i don't know what the term for this sort of movement let's call is, him but up. like these like return to tradition people you know what i mean this sort of like well yeah because the other undercurrent throughout this book is like miller is goes on and on about cultural degeneracy and like using all of these sort of like loaded terms about the decline of the West and we know where that sort of discourse leads. And I, 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 so I think like the, the, again, the liberalism is aesthetic. And then I think there's a deeper, more problematic conservatism underneath. Can I, can there's I, a, there's a deeper yeah, problem. Matt, gonna... problem. Okay, go ahead. Uh, okay, fine. I'll shut up. Matt can go ahead. I just very quick, Paul, <laughs> I want you to still like me by the end of this. Uh, <laughs> What I find interesting about the like the return dudes, right, though, is um, that what they end up tend to mean is around the time Miller is existing. <laughs> and so, right. like, not that, you know, Miller is any less prone to some of the more, like, odious kind of conclusions that are drawn from that as highlighted in, like, one of the more scary passages that you read for us by the end, at the very end of the book, and I think significantly at, like, basically the end of the book. But... You just have to. You know, most people are thinking of like literally like the fucking like Walt Disney PR campaign for the America when they mean return to tradition, and I, I do think Miller means something different. What What do, what you, do you think, think he means? means? Yeah, there you go. I just think he means like Renaissance Europe. But I mean, like uh, people need to do like make Cezanne art, right? And the government needs to like facilitate their artistic achievements. 
The government should be like the Medici's or something. Yeah. You know? Biden should be like Cezanne uh, clone. Make art that is good for uh, Obama. Well, what's unfortunate to me, too, is just like, yeah, it it's the things that he gets right are too bogged down in in the what is most of the book, which are the, are, are just like kind of just g- willfully ignorant and incorrect and just kind of like mean <laughs> sometimes just like uh, observations and like ideas because like, again, we know we're gearing towards this war. Um, and I just want, I wanted to read one thing. Uh, let's see. And I think this is funny cause this is kind of applies to, to him in a weird roundabout way, but it just says, uh, he's kind of critiquing the whole melting pot notion, which again would make you think that maybe he was being, uh, somewhat more sensitive towards the ways in which America does not assimilate peoples, uh, he says, uh, beautiful words, full of noble, idealistic sentiment, but actually we are vulgar. We are a vulgar, pushing mob whose passions are easily mobilized by demagogues, newspapermen, religious quacks, agitators, and such like. To call this society this a society of free peoples is blasphemous. What we have uh, to offer the world beside the superabundant loot which we recklessly plunder from the earth under the maniacal delusion that this insane activity represents progress and enlightenment? Question mark. Uh, the land of opportunity has become the land of senseless sweat and struggle. Like, there are passages like that where I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. That's like, that's like more towards the like meat of a genuine sickness that has only like gotten worse. But then where he, it's just, it just kind of tends to be where he goes with that and where he gets lost in the weeds uh, when he just starts more or less talking about how like, an avant-garde composer is going to be punished economically in the U.S., which is true, but it's just like it, that. Then goes on to be like degeneracy. Uh, we need to. Re- we need something. You know, art is art is kind of everything. Right. Yeah. And th- that puts you into this like weird, like thin air territory that is is not grounded enough most of the time to have any real meaning at all. Right. And I think that it's 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 the sort of like, uh, yeah, exactly. I don't know what where this terminates, right? Like, there's you know, it's not as though, <laughs> you know, M- Miller is not even in the even at the time, you know, the first critic of industrialization's no, no. effects on human meaning. We had Weber, we had fucking Marx, like people yeah. who people who did it much much more subtly, I would argue, and with much more like human concern for the people who are actually being affected rather than some like vague abstract degeneration of culture, which is I I think is such a stupid approach always. And and therefore significantly with way more of a like piercingly relevant relevance you know what i mean like as writers and thinkers right it's like it, it they all they're all consonant with each other like the less you get distracted by baubles which i think miller does uh the i mean whatever I, well it's it hard to very, become an impromptu culture critic myself i don't fucking it felt know. very reactionary to me like it, it felt very much like uh he's been gone for 10 years and he comes back and he has this year-long road trip and it felt like a reaction of someone who has lived in france for what however i guess 10 years um but it, it felt like a rant like the mo- most of the novel felt just like a 
a ranting, um, just like a passage in your diary or something. Well, Paul, you you were saying live journal. I think that's a hundred percent like a snapshot of yeah. like not only like <laughs> like it's just it's so like emotional reaction too, right? It's like, very yeah. He's like very angry, and I, I mean, I think that maybe out of the three of us, I'm a little bit more like lenient on his on his perspective because I'm just. There's a there's a little bit of Noam Chomsky in me for sure of just like I hate everything that America is and I hate Americans and I hate football players and shit like that. <laughs> even though I'm wearing an even though I'm wearing a Nike hat and wearing sunglasses right now, <laughs> and I play, and I played baseball in high school, I, I hate all of that shit so much and I hate I just hate it so fucking much. Well, okay, not that I like Chomsky, but Chomsky's not a real he's at least generally speaking about like I don't like US government policies and not like bad attitudes in high school football players. Well, that's what I mean. Like I I feel like Miller is someone who had read Chomsky and they they read them in like a third of a comprehensional it, way. It, there is there was a line. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, I do. Yeah, because there was a line in the book. I I don't know where it is. I'm sure I underline it, but I don't think I dog-eared the page where Miller says, um, uh, you know, oh, by the you know, it, by by the time I was a teenager, I'd become as good of a philosopher as I would ever become. And I was like, yep, that kind of sums it up for me. Yeah. yeah. He's more of a like I said because he's like more of like a preface to the beats, and then therefore like free love and, and the hippie movement, he's more kind of in that line than anything else. Just kind of a, you know, bon vivant hedonist type of guy, like Rimbaud or something, you know? Like... Yes. Like, th- th- that's that's more his vibe, and that had, I, I think, a particular color in the, in, the, in the 30s and 20s and stuff when he was a young man uh, than it does now, but essentially that's what I would more what I think of him as in general. Yeah. And uh, okay. Another, another like, like a teenage Chomsky line that I, that I, that I read that I just thought that you made me think of Paul, just with your teenage Chomsky reader talk. Um, Teenage Chomsky. (laughs) So he goes, teenage Chomsky. (laughs) I'm reading Chomsky. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) So this is on um uh, You're all Chomsky. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um so this is on uh 169 and this is this is just to me that really oh, res- resonates night the nice page. Um back of every creation supporting it like an arch is faith. Enthusiasm is nothing. It comes and goes, but if one believes then miracles occur. Occur. This is the line. Faith has nothing to do with profits. P-R-O-F-I-T-S. If anything, it has to do with profits. P-R-O-P-H-E-T-S. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> boy, oh, yeah. boy. There were there were numerous lines like that where I was just like, <laughs> Miller's just like jerk. Like, he fucking jerked himself off and came after he wrote that, like, one of those lines. Just like play on words. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, I, he's like I'm tapped in today. Yeah, he's oh. like, oh, <laughs> I made a good line today. <laughs> and America sucks. The other, like, okay, just another to touch on another issue that we we've been t- coming back to periodically. I I do think Matt, I do want to push back a little bit on this idea that like his race politics are good in the rest of the book 
until the end there. Uh, can I just say, I didn't say good. Okay. <laughs> I said good relative to the times and also just something that would make me, what made me more surprised about that little heel turn at the end. Yeah. But you can elaborate. So there's like, he's talking about, this is from the scene where he's talking about, um, they're leaving like a, 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 a housing project in Detroit, I think in Detroit, or it might, it might be Chicago, I forget. And there's this religious sermon kind of blasting over these loudspeakers throughout. Yeah, they're in the are, south side of Chicago. Chicago, okay. And um, he's talking about this woman who's sort he sees on a windowsill as they're leaving. And he said, she's talking about like finding God, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, he says, if she was thinking of something else, I couldn't tell it. She looked positively ecstatic. No heat, no gas, no water. The windows shattered, the mice making merry, the garbage lying in the gutter. She beckoned to us as though to say, come, I am the light of the world. I pay no rent. I do no work. I drink nothing but blood. Um, It's sort of like, you know, this sort is of Is that the whore of Babylon? Is that, the, is that the line? I don't, I'm just throwing out a, I don't know. Was rent the con, a concept then? <laughs> Usury. Um, yeah. But it, it's sort of this, like, again, you know, white sort of disdain for the religion of the poor and, like, this sort of, sort of, like, oh, wow, you're, you're sort of dumb because you're not engaging with your economic conditions. And, by the way, you're sort of sucking the blood out of society by not paying rent and not working for anything. I, I just thought it was a weird little line. Maybe it's a reference to something that I'm not getting, but... I, it may be a little biblical, but also, I, I, by and large, I think you're right. But I think there's just the added complication of, like, a small tinge of admiration as well. Not in, not in like, a large sense of, like, their, her personhood, but just, like, conceptually, right? Like, yeah. Like, people with no, again, like, the Native American and stuff. Like, people, uh, people's tapped into ancient knowledge or some sort of, like, folkloric... Uh, vein of, of reality that uh, that again he, he probably aesthetically likes more than it's it's uh, manifest <laughs> right. reality in the world right yeah and I, I think with stuff like that you know and this t- t- with his some of his descriptions of Native Americans and stuff like that also best case scenario it's just it's like noble savage narratives and mm-hmm. you know which is you know bad. It's bad, yeah. <laughs> but, it reminds but, me of that. Uh, what's that book that in the back of it is like "Don't Panic," um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, okay. Have you Have okay. you guys read that? Not in yeah. years. Yeah, not in a while. Uh, well, it, I mean, eventually, there's a passage about like someone. Co- I think the main character, obviously, like coming to America and just like exploring the Earth, and it's be it's like clean and pure, and everything's just like beautiful, and there's like valleys and uh you know just like passages or like vast forests that are untouched with and there's like people that are like interacting with the with the environment that it's just like a beautiful experience and i I don't know i found i found the 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 whole notion of that thinking to be very limited and very like juvenile overall i thought that like I, I was just thinking about myself being in like earth science class and thinking like, and in fucking when I was fifteen and being like, uh, yeah, like the whole world should be um, people that value the earth and love kumbaya tree uh, trees and it should that we should live in trees. The Beatles. We should we should grow 
corn. And it was, I don't know. It, it felt like shocking to me. For even even someone who, who wrote this like, you know, 76 years ago. I was like, okay, you made this conclusion that long ago. I don't understand the, you know, the cultural thinking of that time. So maybe like what you what you think of culture at this time is like very provocative and cool. But still, I was just like, you're fucking 48 years old and you're thinking about this now. And I was like, eh. It's Wasn't kind it of just icky. like utopian? Isn't it just regular mm. ass? It's very utopian. Yeah, it's very utopian. Like was it an old concept? Everyone should just like hunt uh, pigs and sh- and shoot pigs with their bows and arrows. Not even. Hunt. He wants everyone to literally just lay around painting art all day and be fed grapes. By you know what I mean? Like yeah, it's like hunt pigs and like paint art. Well, like, I don't know you where you're getting about? the hunt pigs. Yeah, the, the hunt pigs, pigs thing is really well. There, there's a lot of like Native American like love in the first. Yeah, you're right. 50 he does pages. have that sort of like noble savage like yeah. Yeah, and he has this idea that like America they're connected been to nature. And yeah, blah, like blah. we should like we shouldn't have touched like as white people we shouldn't have touched America right ever. I mean, and still like that Chomsky esque personality within me thinks that is also true and i can't really like get away from that in a lot of ways just like what we did what we did to this landscape in this country is like obviously shitty yeah we you know there's tons of genocide that we accomplished but that doesn't mean there's even though my ancestors came when in like the 1930s I'm from uh, Italy. Good for you. Good for you, Paul. That does, that doesn't, so I wasn't course, around. That doesn't mean there's there aren't more and less like subtle and cringy ways to say that, right? Like some of these foundational points, sure, yeah, I'm I'm here for it. But the way Miller goes about doing it in so many cases is like is like you said, Matt, just like sometimes just like mean and willfully ignorant <laughs> yeah. and like just just so glib as to be as to not help the point right i'm gonna read some stuff that i actually found good yes um just to counterbalance a bit um and most of it is just you know it it is fairly vague criticisms that i just think have have actually become more true so we got one here just goes uh let's see what it is uh a man seated in a comfortable chair in New York, Chicago, or San Francisco, a man surrounded by every luxury and yet paralyzed with fear and anxiety, controls the lives and destinies of thousands of men and women whom he has never seen, whom he never wishes to see, and whose fate he is thoroughly uninterested in. That feels a uh, tech oligarchy to me. <laughs> big time, big time. I thought that was like, uh, okay, and I just want to read one more. Um, Please. Uh, and this is interesting because, once again, you know, World War II is looming, and this is where it feels like what he's saying is actually going to be done in a much more, like, big, fat, robust manner, but he's still already worrying about, which is, had we not become the arsenal of the world and thus staved off the gigantic collapse of our economic system, we might have wis- witnessed the spectacle of the richest nation on Earth uh, uh, starving to death in the midst of the accumulated gold of the entire world. The war is only an interruption of the inevitable disaster which impends. And uh, once again, I thought that was actually pretty affecting and was going to be way more true in uh, his future. 
Yeah, and and and, and like again, yeah, like we could, this is Henry Miller, and he's a good writer, right? Like that's just a given, I think, and that that is on d- display here in various passages. Um, I did want right. to talk about that too, actually, and and I think that that like that was also a point of frustration for me right. reading it because there are some passages that are really beautiful and and or like really like interesting there's a few passages where he gets into like this weird like sort of psychedelic like flow and it just goes for a page or two and it's like that was nice to read it was good and 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 you know i don't know if if it had much substance or meaning because it's in the context of this thing that's not that but like it just and, and again, like you said, Matt, there were those moments of genuine insight describing that guy that you read that description of. At one point, he sort of predicts, you know, the the prediction that stuck with me was kind of a throwaway line, but he's like, mm-hmm. obviously, the great American city that's going to sort of collapse first is Detroit, and I was like, damn, that was true, that happened. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, yeah. And and there was stuff like that, and I was like, where is the those moments, is that all they were moments or was there something more that he just wasn't really diving into? Yeah. I, I, I don't think it's, I, but I don't think it's as immaterial as I, I feel like you're maybe suggesting like, what do you mean? That, like that? Yes. He's a good writer. I, I agree with you that overall, this was a pretty insulting attempt at whatever the, the fucking mission statement of the project was or whatever. Right. But it, I don't think it's immaterial, uh, those moments of insight. Although you're you're correct that I, I'm not quite able to like dis- disentangle my own pers- like chronological perspective from what I you know his prophesizing or his uh, some of his statements. Right. Well, for you people out there that think that I only like books because they're written well, because I like Murakami and, and Paul Auster. <laughs> <laughs> You guys need to shut the fuck up because this book, I mean, it was written extremely well. I think he's a good writer. Like he, he ca- like, even though I hated, I didn't. Okay. I, yeah, those are my uh, opinions. I hated this book, but it was, he writes in a very, um, beautiful way and he has good descriptions and he's, you know, you can follow along you can read quickly, but I did not like it. So if you, if you guys think that I'm a fucking aesthetic queen, Fuck you. <laughs> That's good. Nice. Yeah. Just get get in front I of need, the news I cycle. need some substance. You know, I need some <laughs> su- substance in my in my books. And there were like a lot of cool little like there are some little mini passages that I really enjoy. Like there's a little chapter about him like taking the kids of the family that runs the motel he's staying at to the park. And mm-hmm. that's just like a cool kind of sh- cute little short story. And there's like some wholesome. nice moments. Very wholesome. Um but you know, again, like it's 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 an oasis in a desert for me. Yeah, and he's literally in a desert for a lot of it. Right. Yeah, I think that book. that specific one is in Albuquerque. <laughs> uh, just another passage that I wanted to read again, sort of apropos. But but like this is one that I read and I wrote in the margin. I wrote BAP. I wrote Bronze Age pervert, who's this like return. <laughs> Like return to tradition, like psycho right rightist on Twitter, who you know, just one of these like absolute lunatics. And this this for me, and I've read I've I've you know read his some of his tweets and some of his writing, and this to me could come straight Henry, out Henry of Henry Miller's tweets. Yes, you've Henry read Henry Miller's, Henry Miller's tweets. Miller's tweets? <laughs> 
he would he would hate Twitter. Oh, he doesn't even. He'd be one of those. I don't even have a TV, man. I don't have a fucking yeah. Twitter. Is so America. Um. So anyway, like to me, this passage could have come directly from like one of those guys' self-published books. Why is it? Why is it that in America the great works of art are all nature's doing? There were sc- there were the skyscrapers to be sure, <laughs> and the dams and bridges and the concrete highways, all utilitarian. Nowhere in America was there anything comparable to the cathedrals of Europe, the temples of Asia and Egypt, enduring monuments created out of faith and love and passion. No exaltation, no fervor, no zeal, except to increase business, facilitate transportation, enlarge the domain of ruthless exploitation. The result? A swiftly decaying people, almost a third of them pauperized, the more intelligent and affluent ones practicing race suicide. The underdogs becoming more and more unruly, more criminal-minded, more degenerate and degraded in every way. A handful of reckless, ambitious politicians trying to convince the mob that this is the last refuge of civilization. God save the mark. Like, that I is straight up that shit. E- I underlined that exact passage, and you can't see it because of my fucking background, but I <laughs> underlined that exact passage. Yeah. And I was like, this is the quintessential, like... He's literally talking about degeneracy of the race book. suicide. Yeah, I'm so curious. That. I'm so curious where his like Emma Goldman anarchism even comes into play. It, it's it, not a good look as an anarchist. This was not a good look for someone who was supposedly influenced by Emma Goldman. But I'm just baffled just because like he mentions it maybe three times as specifically like a life altering mm-hmm. moment. Maybe he just means as a young man, and that's no longer what he thinks. But I was like, I'm, damn, if I can see any. <laughs> Right, uh, uh, sort of of that sentiment coming through whatsoever. But he's young, yeah. he's not a young man when he wrote this. He was fucking forty eight. Well, that's the thing. Like old. maybe that's what I'm saying. It's been lost since then. Yeah, like he's no longer. He was affected, but no longer. I, but he I, was I, writing I, about it as though it were still something residing, sort of in his thought and right. worldview. Yeah, and like, like why write that, that when you're when you're forty eight years old? Why even write that if you don't even believe in that? Right. Yeah, and yeah. and like, so I don't know. Yeah, like, it's funny because then I think of all the beat poets who. I I, I think were were you know, I think uh, he he in particular Henry Miller, I believe was a fan of Kerouac, um. And uh, I don't have any of you read the road on the or on the road. I I, I never have actually. No, but I've Me I've, read, I've uh, watched the movie The Road. <laughs> the road. <laughs> I've watched the movie. Um, yeah, I, and I've, I've also watched the movie Road to Perdition. <laughs> if, in case you're wondering, I've also seen a uh, Euro Trip. Yeah, and which and, is a very good movie. And Road Trip was there and another road movie trip. Just called Road, road trip? trip? I think so. Yep, I think so. Chris McCandless. I've Chris also seen the bridge Chris on the stop. on the River Kwai, which is a bridge is like on a road. Yep. So I've seen that. That's we got a lot. We have a lot seen, of uh, road experience here. I've seen uh, Forrest Gump, and he ru- <laughs> he runs on a road in that movie. Many roads. Wait, a so lot of America. What was the connection, Matt? For like just like that that Kerouac was sort of the evolution in some ways of oh, just kind of some just, things Henry Miller was gesturing at. Just more of like I just find it interesting because like they were technically like uh, the, the generation next generational like sort of inheritors of. Not only like like his aesthetic and his like line of inquiry, even mm-hmm. like you know how does one be like a human being and like how does one find go in search of the essence of America and 
I was just I, I haven't read the road, so I don't want to just on the road. I don't want to just like shit on it, but like I'm pretty sure that that book itself was also one in, that ended in this sort of failure. Mm. I, but yeah. I don't know how how Kerouac, you know, like characterized the shit that was going on. And I do think there is a direct line between this kind of thing and the way more like neutered and neurotic and self-involuting live journal blogging tweeting shit that we do now because I, I was thinking about this because every book is a sequel to the other That's uh, right. I, I was thinking about this in 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 terms of the whole notion of millennial fiction mm. that we were talking Ooh, about yeah, and this okay, might be I this like might that. be a a crass but i feel like this in in some fucked up way like uh you know th- that is the that is the sort of like great great grandchild to me in in some not insignificant way of like this kind of thing i think you're right i think you're totally right i think that's a good point but i think that the 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 big uh Mm. different i burped into the microphone i'm gonna eat on the podcast at some point don't worry the big (laughs) good fucking eat fucking eat (laughs) fettuccine alfredo i don't give a shit (laughs) Um, bananas yeah just eat a banana um (laughs) eat a fucking peach um the (laughs) do it what were we talking about? I'm fucking lost. What were we talking the, about? The collect the, the the sort of lineage, if there is one, from what Miller's doing here. And oh like, yeah, yeah. To, to millennial. I picture. think the difference is is that like uh, Luster, by whoever the fuck her name was, Raven Leilani. Raven Raven Leilani, Leilani is like totally. Uh, she's valued now because of her writing, and um, Miller like this book has been bashed since it was published basically like every mm-hmm. every critic it, when it came out it was bashed um and it's still bashed now so Currently, i think that like right that, that we're doing at it. the moment <laughs> so i think like in in uh in terms of a, a voice i think you're right is that like it was it was a product of of that time even though he wasn't like a young person i think that uh his voice was very millennial-esque in terms of just like being a product of his time but uh, Luster Raven Le- Leilani was mm-hmm. actually like she's actually been like you know valued as a writer, and I'm like maybe that's that true. Be. I I mean, th- th- so that's the difference, could... like culturally. Yeah, you're right. I, I'm I'm you know I'm being a, a a bit flip. I was just an idea, um, but I, I think I... one of the things that also I think colors the tenor of this book is that Caddy conclusion where he goes he was denied a guggenheim fellowship or something oh, to oh get yeah so funny, funny for the book and then he just goes yeah Fuck so that. we didn't really like get a guggenheim so like you know like listen no shade or anything but like here's who did get the guggenheims and we'll just let you be the judge of whether or not uh, our esteemed project is worth being ousted by these motherfuckers and it's just like that's a little that's like such a petty way. <laughs> it's a, and it, the this point guy is, is like, a fucking I'm an like artist, Jap- right? This right. guy has a fucking Japanese symbol tattoo for sure. <laughs> He's got a kanji that's actually just uh, I'm a fucking douche. Yeah, I, mean, I, uh, I want to read a little passage right now. Hit it. Here we go. <laughs> the company was in the big common room of the inn. The gathering was large and mixed. As Frodo just got, oh fuck. I'm reading, <laughs> I, I'm reading from the Lord of the Rings right now. <laughs> I'm oh, sorry. Damn. <laughs> nice. I'm sorry. Damn it. Get him. I love that. Well, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry about that. It was I, it was something I, I I have two books in front of me and one of them was Lord of the Rings Fellowship of the Ring. 
Which, hey, by the way, speaking of books that are about like travel on the road and big road trips, right. Fellowship of the Ring, dude. Yeah, Fro- <laughs> fucking Frodo in the Ring was a, a, the original road trip for sure. Just Euro trip. Euro trip. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is Euro trip because, like, you know, fucking Middle Earth was based on Europe. It's Shire trip. The, yeah. the original, the OG Euro trip. <laughs> just Mordor trip. The elves are just France. Oh my God! I am glad. Who you would Tom up Green that, be? Uh... Tom Green was in Road Trip, right? So he would be yes. uh, mm-hmm. Tom Bombadil. In yeah, the, uh... that's right. He would. Yep. He would. Right? Yeah, he would totally be Tom Bombadil. Um, I'm glad you brought up that uh, uh, conclusion, Matt, because I was just. He mentions it at some point in the text too, right? About trying to get funding for the project. Yeah. And and I was just like that. Really, just tied a bow on it for me. That like mm-hmm. this is yes. just this is just a a a small book written by someone who is feeling very small at the, at a specific moment in their life, yes. feeling petty, feeling bitter, mm-hmm. and and that just suffused the whole thing for me. And I think that that ending, that that conclusion, that addenda, he calls it, is is really just like chef's kiss as a way to it send just... it off. It sucks because, like, as you are maybe more aware, like, he can be better. Yeah. And, like, this, yeah, this, like, the bitterness just, like, it sours the the whole thing. And, you know, these brief moments of respite are just too few and far between. And then the only other things that I found of genuine quality were, like, him rhapsodizing about other people who I was like, man, I wish the book was just maybe about, like, you know, uh, Marin, the painter or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, that sounds way better. Right. You actually like that. Right. It would have been an interesting, <laughs> like, very, very short collection of uh, of artistic biographies or artistic sort of, like, analysis. Yeah. Know? And it's just like, you know, he, he fails to live up to, th- to the project that he was seeking a Guggenheim Fellowship for, and he rightly didn't get funding. Right. Like... <laughs> like you know, he, he's clearly just not. He he's got. It's a foregone conclusion. Yep. He's pissed to have to be back. the The world is terrible because there's a war looming. America's fucking shitty, and he was forced to do it. And then he got rejected for art grants, and he's just like driving around, sweating in the desert, and he's just like this fucking place. Fucking <laughs> sorry. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> bleep bleep. Nice. We're gonna bleep that. We're not bleeping that. Forty. <laughs> But that's all his tone is. It's yeah. like it's just like very juvenile and like, uh, and therefore he's incapable of delving into anything worthwhile because it's just poison. Well, it's I mean, just poison. The, the, the thing that I had that I thought about while reading this book is that like, yeah, I feel I find it juvenile now, mm-hmm. and this is like the point that I came up with in the beginning of the podcast is just like, yeah, it's juvenile now, but for someone who who was thinking these things in 1940, 1941 was a juvenile then to think like to think of America in this way of just being like this like ugly sprawling you know I think the critique of like progress right maybe was like a newer idea like the 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 idea that this was not we were not marching towards something positive Mm -hmm. maybe you know but he still has he still partakes in you know this, the, you know, the sort of classic, like, 
great man theory of history where yes, progress yeah. progress is real and it is good, but it's it's driven by your Edisons and your Newtons and your Plato and and that's that's progress. This all white men, all white men. Yes, yeah, li- yeah, no, literally all whites and all like oh wow, we have a car or we have beer now, but. Uh, it's making you know it's it's turning us into degenerates. It's not actual progress. Um, well, yeah, it, yeah. I think that even the term progress makes you think of Nazis, obviously. And uh, <laughs> there's a little <laughs> bit of just like of like not 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 Nazism, but just like it's funny because progress is that. like a, a pinnacle <laughs> yeah. of of success and humanity. And uh, it was a it was a weird dichotomy between like thinking about people as being people of the earth and also people of like culture and progress in terms of culture and art only and it was it was it was it was a weird read he's having a war with himself of like two very like Mm -hmm. or uh, diametrically opposed uh, like concepts yeah where like the individual and like anarchism and buddhism and and but then like also you know, gr- great men embodying the will of like God and 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 imposing the mandates from heaven up for the good of like the majority. The and, you know, the, towards the end no of the book, regard for when, human uh, life, it's right. like towards yeah. the en- when he was talking to that football player in Hollywood or whatever, the ex football player, <laughs> and he was talking about like um, so. Conv- how do you get invited to a party by just somebody random? I just I also know. just don't understand like his life and that. I moment. don't get that either. Yeah, it reminded me of just like can some I do that? that? I know, right? I, it yeah. reminded me of just like like a hipster lifestyle of just like oh, you're a cool guy. Uh, come I can't to even party get tonight. invited to parties by people I know. Yeah, what the I don't hell? even want to go. I'm actually just jealous of Henry Miller. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> We're, this 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 podcast is actually the bitter review. Yeah, he's a cool guy. Yeah. I want to be a cool writer guy, um, like Henry Miller. Yeah, cool writer I guy. I had a point, but I forgot it. So the other thing that I just want to plug a book briefly, or Matt, did you have a section, something you wanted to read? I saw you flipping through. No, oh, no, you Hobbit. go for it. I'm looking around. So The um, Hobbit? The Hobbit. By uh, yeah. J.R.R. Tolkien. Cue up another uh, Fellowship of the Ring passage. Um, All right, let's go. I, I wanted to just touch on this phenomenon of Miller – you know, being sort of romanticizing the South and romanticizing sort of Southern people and Southern culture and participating in all these sorts of tropes about, oh, Southern people are just slower. Things move slow in the South. And there's a, it's the you know, terms like languid and stuff. You just get thrown around constantly. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a great book um, about sort of, it, it's called uh, Dreaming of Dixie by, by Karen Cox. And it's a it's a great book about sort of the history of the the South in the American imaginary and the ways in which the South was crafted as a sort of concept post post Reconstruction mm-hmm. um, by advertising agencies, by companies that were selling products, by journalists, and like sort of and it's it is clear to me that Miller fell head over heels for that image of the South. But but it's a great sort of explanatory text about how that image of the South that we sort of still is still with us as this mater- mysterious kind of hazy, slow, like deeply magical place. That was a, that was right. a purposely crafted social I think that's so, economic. That's so thing. funny to me is that like 
he probably succumbed to this like rationale by this person specifically to appeal to northerners too yeah and (laughs) i think it's fucking crazy that he that that he he succumbed to that he's like it's amazing to me it's just well he's no better he loved that uh weird cult leader gurjeef i don't know if you listen to this guy he's like just an alcoholic who was like i I know the secret of god and he was like what a mysterious (laughs) this was some other supplementary material i was looking up but he's just like gurjeef I like Miller's also just it's fun to hear his voice because then you can read in it and it's the most it's funny that he's like a proto hipster because he's literally was bo- both from Williamsburg and Bushwick. Yeah. <laughs> what a, are you fucking kidding me? That's insane. Are you kidding me? <laughs> what it, I mean, it was very different, Paul. But yes. Still, I mean, like the like the historical elements of that the statement. Spirits is pretty were there. History, yeah. history echoes. Yes. Let me, let me read another passage of uh, Miller right now. Yeah. Outside the door, they all halted. There was a cave or rock chamber behind, but in the gloom inside, nothing could be seen. (laughs) Strider, Sam, and Mary pushing... Oh, this is fucking from Lord of the Rings again. I'm so sorry. Paul, you can't keep doing this. Shoot. Come on, oh, this God. is a professional literature podcast. Dude. <laughs> I picked up the wrong book. I have two books. I have two books on my desk, and one of them was Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like all, like all. <laughs> hey, if you ever doubted that Paul was a professional literary analyst, he has two fucking books on his desk at a time, dude. And also, Lord of the Rings is stacked like, behind him. Yeah, it's a good book. I, I mean, I happen to be reading it right now, and I underlined some shit in it, and I, I opened up the wrong book. The whole book it's is highlighted. A, <laughs> the whole book <laughs> just scribbled with just highlighter pure gold <laughs> oh man um the, i just underlined the, bilbo that's all i underlined bilbo, bilbo and frodo just his names and the ring those are the only three things bilbo. you highlight <laughs> i was the only other thing i was thinking of just uh and this this book itself contains its own sort of like claims of fetishization and aestheticization mm-hmm. of of the poor, but uh, let us now praise famous men. Yes, uh, by Ag. Yep. Um, and who was the other? Because it was a co. Because it was a, it was yeah, Walker Evans, right? Yes, yes, yes. And uh, James or James Ag, right? Yeah. Um, which you know that's way more localized and specific, mm-hmm. but I think of that as more more of of. And and I think that's around the same time. That's why I'm kind of bringing it up as well. But just like a, as a look at American poverty in a particular time, it's like, yeah, Ag's uh, I believe like a pretty ca- a Catholic, uh, and so there's a lot of religious sentiment around the nobility of the poor as well, and the meek inheriting the earth and all that. But it's just like as an example of something written in that time by somebody loosely contemporaneous, uh, not being just shitty and like completely. Yes. Dismissive. I think that's a great a great sort of if you want if you want to read something that's what this should have been or that's just a sort of a better version read that uh, uh, that yeah. was actually that was actually published four years before in 1941. Well, there you go. So like while this book was being written, basically. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Great. So, so yeah. Like that... Matt. So like Matt's pick of this book is just like outdated and horrible. <laughs> and Matt. What? Matt should have picked a different book. Matt should have picked that book instead of this book. It's too long. It's too, it, 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 and it's also like, it's pictures, man. Yeah, what am I, I like a baby? Pictures. Photography is cringe, I dude. like pictures. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do say that. I a baby? 
don't say that, Gabe. There's Alfred Stieglitz is in this book, and he he popularized photography. He was the first photographer. Should we talk about Do- the the passive about about Dolly? Oh, there's I thought that was Dolly. funny. That yeah, it was really, really funny. He's grumpy, but he's grumpy about Dolly too. And Dolly was himself pretty, pretty grumpy, annoying guy. Well, that, that mm. <laughs> yeah, it totally. It, it it reminded me of someone who like hates like hates an aspect of another person, but like the aspect of that they hate about that person is actually within Similar. themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I was like, yeah. yeah, I was like, Miller hates Dolly because he thinks he's a dick, and I'm like, well, I think you you spot that about this person, Dolly. It's a very because tough one you to can know see one. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I thought it was hilarious, but also I thought it was a little bit like name dropping. Like I, I saw Dolly when I was in America for a year, and I'm fucking from France. I and uh, it's yeah, cool I guess that I saw Dolly, but he was a dick. I guess that was back when like salon culture was still popping in France, so you could like just meet. And also, people were more into art, so you could just meet people like famous artists and stuff. And it was like, then you're just hooked up. You're just plugged in. It was like networking. Yeah, it was like the internet. It was like tw- it was like Twitter. <laughs> it, was like the it was it was like someone mentioned you on Twitter. Being in a cafe, it was like being online. Yeah, exactly. Cafes. You can see your yeah, favorite that's why, poster. That's why cafes. That's why Twitter is so like you know popular. Is that like it reminds people of cafes, and cafes are cool, right. and they always have been. Being on Twitter, being on Twitter is like being at a uh, salon in uh, on the Champ Elysee, exactly, and, and just drinking a uh, uh, a garçon, uh, and that you call a garçon over to pour you a uh, um, uh, water con uh, with gas. Yeah, right. That's Avec- what they call it. Avec gas. Avec gas, yeah. <laughs> Garçon. Are you, you guys trying water? to speak French? How do you yes. say water in French? Hugo. I don't know. Agua. Paul? Uh, Agua. <laughs> That's what I was basically what I said. <laughs> That's what Gabe was saying. Agua? <laughs> um. <laughs> Matt, you go. You go. Uh, how, how do you say water? You probably know. I don't. Okay. Je m'appelle Agua. Mathieu. Mathieu. My name is uh, Water. <laughs> My name is Water. Okay. <laughs> um, so yeah, I don't know if there's much more to say. I mean, like he kind of, he just sort of doesn't talk about America for a really long time, really. <laughs> yeah. And then he co- he sort of there's chunks, and they kind of. They, they they increase in frequency at the very end where he's just more talking about artists that he likes <laughs> that I guess are American initially or le- lived in America finally. I, I don't really know what the connection is. I guess uh, people like uh, Helene Hilar like did a mural at the uh, Maritime Museum in San Francisco or, or something. I um, hated. Okay, the whole I, it feel it felt like the whole aspect of the book was how like how he valued murals there was <laughs> and i was like fuck you dude like what are you even talking about he has he, he definitely like, has some strong opinions about murals yeah he was like the like one 99th of these murals are good uh and that values the whole value 
of an entire country is how good your murals are. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? It, this book is ugh. just like, it's just a, you know, it's someone who's not even trying to, it's like, their their notion of themselves seems already pretty, like, large mm. based off of their experiences in Europe. I mean, he'd already written, published and written uh, a number of books by that point. I think he was... He was, he was known, which is why I think he gets just invited by, like, high society folks in Hollywood to go just, like, drink their booze and sit at their table um, and judge them. Um, yeah, fuck. But, like, the, not there's not even a critique here, and what it just ends up feeling like is just a person who's, like, just literally, like, yeah, everything I like is fucking sick, and, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, like, everything I hate, I'm just gonna really... Uh, not even I'm just gonna just really shit on it and not even attempt uh, any sort of like uh, inquiry or, or research. Yeah, whatsoever. I was really hoping that at the like the very last sentence of this book was just like I'm Henry Miller and I ro- I wore a beret during the entire book. <laughs> I just like I'm Henry <laughs> Miller and this is uh, air conditioned nightmare and then he just drives away like jackass <laughs> <laughs> for a year for a year. Yeah, I mean, they, like again, like yeah, that's him. His descriptions of driving through the West, sort of like good, but like not again, not particularly sympathetic or not particularly. Again, there was like moments of really good writing, good descriptive, just like stuff and decent nature writing. Yeah. Good, oh good yeah. Art, I mean, I feel like art uh, the the, uh, the chapter that was called like the Rat Boy or something like the that. Desert yeah, rat. The Desert Rat. It was about you know the the chapter cool. that was. That was an actually a really good chapter. I actually thought like the entire thing. I was like, "Wow, I don't actually hate this whole thing." Um, Can I just say how much I love the name Weeks Hall? It is a classic name. There's just a guy named named Weeks Hall. I don't even. It's just like not even a name. (laughs) It's it's just two things. It's just two smashed together. Two terms. Two nouns. There's Um, actually some really good passages in that one chapter. That it was like the one chapter that I really liked. Um, let me try to, let me read one if I can find it. <laughs> Bear with me. I, d- okay. I don't trust you after you better not after be... you fool me once, Paul. Yeah. Fool me twice. No, I, this is actually, I'm real. Won't get fooled again. But I'm not going to get fooled again. Nah, I'm not. George get Bush, again. Chomsky, yeah. America bad. Okay. This is a good, this is a good passage either. in the rat, the rat king or whatever, whatever the, the desert rat. called. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about the Rat King and uh, Hey Arnold because I'm a millennial. Um, you guys aren't even laughing because you don't even know what that is. I know what stoop it is. Kid. Stoop kid. Stoop yeah. kid. Stoop kid afraid to leave his fucking stoop. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is a guy that's uh, – I hope this is the right passage. <laughs> it's the guy that's talking about just like being alone in the desert, mm. which I thought was like pretty cool. Uh. The brain is everything, he said. If you keep your brain in condition, your body will take care of itself. Age is only what you think. I feel just as as young now, maybe younger than I did 20 years ago, and I don't worry about things. The people who live long longest are the people who live the simplest. Money won't save you. Money makes you worried and fret. It's good to be alone and silent, to, to do your own thinking. I believe in the stars, you know. I watch them all the time. And I never think too long about one thing. I try not to get in, into a rut. We've all gotten into we we've all got to die sometime, so I make things hard for yourself. If you can be content with your little 
Oh my god, I'm so fucking. If you can be content with your little, <laughs> you'll be happy. <laughs> you gotta bleep that out. Uh, the main thing is to be able to live with yourself, to like yourself enough to want to be yourself, and not not to need other people around you all the time. That's my idea, anyhow. That's why I live in the desert. Maybe I don't know very much, but what I know, I learned for myself. I thought that was good. It was like a, a character in the story that I thought was like, I don't know. Someone, someone like, just, you know, yeah, and, and not a lot of like, after the fact, just like fetishization or mm-hmm. de- denigration happening just someone speaking i drank yeah. an entire bottle of sake you drank one <laughs> i drank a whole uh, entire bottle so. that's how we do it in the spine crack that's right corner. that's something henry miller would approve of that's true drinking is fine if you're depressed and you have no nothing to live for <laughs> no, which uh, is no. very true no 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 it's this fine i mean what a... This, this is, is a, not your live journal. This is a journal. pro-life podcast. This wait, is my oh, live journal. People are listening to this and no, they understand. Not. Yeah, I mean, people get it. It's fucking like COVID times and like, you know, <laughs> they understand that I'm fucking like, you know, I drink a whole bottle of Fuki sake and I read a passage and I couldn't really pronounce it very well and it's fine. Welcome, everybody, to the segment of the show where we, which is called, we literally just read another book, and in which we put the characters from the book we read into Harry Potter houses to indulge our Harry Potter. Henry Potter. Henry Potter. There really is only one character in this book that's yes. worth it putting in a house, and that's the author, Henry Miller, uh, of as a character in this book. He's a right. fucking squib. Let me, let me just be <laughs> frank. He's a squib. Wait, okay. He's a squib fuck. What is that again in the Harry yeah, Potter? A squib is someone who was born magical out of magical parents, but they don't have any magical abilities. Ooh. And I feel like Henry Miller is... He's in that quality of person. He's just like a fucking bullshit artist. Bullshit. Fucking no magic. <laughs> he should have... Like, this book shouldn't have been published. Um, he should have written it on, you know, whatever equivalent to 1940 Live Journal was, which is his fucking stupid diary. Yeah, that's and where he happened, basically. he should basically. have buried it in the ground and um, never let anyone read it. Before. In the Grand Canyon, maybe. So what yeah, else would that threw- put him in? Squibs aren't in houses. They don't have squibs magic. are in houses. But if I were to put it, if I were to put him into a house, I would have to say he was a Slytherin, I an idiot so. Slytherin. Yeah, <laughs> idiot Slith. I think that's. I, I like that. I think Slytherin probably. Although I do like the squib option. That's that's that might be more attractive to me too. I totally we forgot to, about that. We need that. to we need to bring in the the squib option more. Squibs and what's the other one? Uh, mudblood. Mudbloods. Is that right? That's. I mean. I mean. Hermione was a mudblood, and she was a fucking Gryffindor. So okay. What are you, well, what so are you even so talking you still, about? You can be a mudblood, but in a, house, in a house, but not a squib in, in a house. Yeah, there's I two actually don't know much about squibs because dimensions. the only squib that's in like the movies is um <laughs> is the caretaker of of uh of the Hogwarts who like has the cat. Oh, the old yeah. guy. Mr. Filch? I mean, I think that I think that Dumbledore's sister was a squib too because I read the books, <laughs> and um, that's a big point of contention in the uh, mm. the seventh book. 
in Pottermore or whatever the well, website is. I'm gonna Don't make. make uh, I'm gonna make it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say if we have to put him in a house, I agree. Slytherin, very just self-absorbed, very like. It's all about me and my things that I like. And yeah, he's like up his own asshole. I feel like yeah. there's a lot of like Slytherin is a little bit of a butthole, like <laughs> like an Ouroboros. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like an anus banus. That's a snake. That, that anus is a snake. banus. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I'll, do you have yeah, a? What do you I have? Don't have for a, house? I'm not gonna rock. The, I'm not gonna make waves here. It's a Slytherin. All right. I'm not right. gonna. I'm not gonna. Rock. <laughs> Um, so then should we move to, to give this book the fucking, the final score treatment, the final, the final say, the number. Yeah, I think you're right. I think Gabe, you should go first. Okay. Let's Fantano it up. Let's hear it. All right. Well, so just to remind everyone of our reading scale, we go to one to five with infinite variations in between. And, uh, five is it life changing. There's. It, there, it marks a turning point in your life. There's before this book and after this book. <laughs> yes. In a good way. And then, like, a, I don't know if zero is allowed. I, I think just one. One is probably the bottom. Like One, one is zero. One equals zero, which <laughs> I don't understand how it works. That's how bad it is. But uh, that's like your life is worse for having engaged with this text. And it's, <clears throat> you, you have, have, were caused harm in some way. Yeah, doing yeah. it. Um, it's like if you read Man- Mein Kampf, but you were you were not a racist. But if you were if you it, were racist and you read Mein Kampf, you'd probably be the five. But. You might love it. Yeah. So uh, I'm this this book is testing the limits of the scores I'm willing to give on the low end. I genuinely hated almost every word of it. Um, it, it it's it's like a one point. Oh three for me. It like barely cracks the scale. I, I really, I really, I don't know. Again, there were those brief moments, but like as, as a holistic overall experience and also just personally loving the only other book, really enjoying the only other book that I've read by Henry Miller. I, I was, mm-hmm. ex- I experienced some like personal, like subjective sadness <laughs> about, about this one. So it, that's why it's so low. Nice. Partially. Damn. Nice. I love to see a. I love to hear a, a really low score by Gabe, <laughs> just because like he's mostly just like, yeah, this book was good. I learned even if it was bad, I learned a lot from this book, and it was like a four point three for me. So it's pretty cool to hear a, a score that low. Uh, so yeah, for me, I would have to say I. Uh, I didn't absolutely hate it, even though I've been bashing it the whole night, and I'm. You know, I read, I had old uh, bottle of sake, so I'm like, you know, a idiot, stupid guy nice. right now. Yeah. Um, I would have to say like a two point three. Nice. Uh, it, I didn't like it. Actually, like uh, it pulled on my like I said before in the podcast, name dropping uh, Chomsky. It pulled on those like heart like those heartstrings of just being like a. 17 year old person who's just like hates America. Cause and I'm just I mean, a teenage Chomsky yeah, was baby. Like, I was like, Henry Miller loves fucking Blink 182 so much. <laughs> and uh, I was like, yeah, man. Like, you're you're from 1940 and you love Blink 182. That's fucking What's cool, my age dude. again? Who cares? What's my age again? <laughs> I miss you. I'll just marry, remarry someone 37 years my junior. What's my fucking age again? <laughs> Exactly. Got him, got him, got him. 
So yeah, two point three. Nice. Uh, the writing. He's a great writer, even though he name drops a lot. And there's a lot of listing of names that we didn't really talk about. It's just like paragraphs of just like Jean Zoutin Boutet and which we know is one of your pet peeves, Paul. Yeah, I hate it. I hate name dropping. Yeah, okay, but, we'll I get mean. to you later, Paul. Your picks. <laughs> What's that? What do you? Do? What? What do you mean by that? Yes. What's that? Oh, you mean your writers you love don't also say the names of other people? <laughs> Are you talking about Mirakami right now? I think I think we will have. I mean, this one. This one probably had a thousand and one more names than Murakami has ever said in his life. All right, well, I'm gonna. I believe that you're earnest when you say this, and I'm literally taking that number to the next review. Let's go. Okay, fine. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say 1.9 then, because of what you just said. <laughs> it's impossible. There can't be a fraction of a person. <laughs> My 1. score. 1.9. Okay. Okay. Uh, my score. Is more more around your level, Paul. I'm trying to be. It's tough now that like we're accumulating scores. I yeah. am cognizant of like my own contradictions and just like the hard numerical fact of what I've said. <laughs> I also, <laughs> do you guys have a problem with this notion? Uh, I was thinking yes. about this because I was like, with the Leilani book, I'm like, uh, how do I con? Uh, how do I? And then versus like Huelbeck, and we were kind of running the comparisons. Like, how do mm. I? How do I communicate a complete lack of impact and something that uh, was m- maybe more artistically interesting, but like o- was just a ne- was a negative more like worse mm. to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, th- I I know what you mean. And so what I'm gonna say for right now is that in the two range is things that are really just like they wouldn't even they just were like I, I don't care. Like, yeah. and then if it's yeah, lower, yeah. I, that tends to mean I'm actually more mad about them. Um, I think that's a good, that's a good distinction. And with that being said, I'm going to go with a two point, uh, 2.5 for this one. Nice. Right. Because in the I middle. think I gave, wow. Le- I gave Leilani a 2.3 and that's right. supposed to communicate like z- zero impact on my life and will not retain, be in my memory. And then I gave like a one point something for Huelbeck because I think it actually does harm. Yeah. I and think that's, that's a helpful of, way of cutting it up. That's what I'm trying to do here. It might be do any fun. books do any books do harm to you? Like if you read if you read the Bible and Mind Comp back to back, would that actually hurt you as a human? I mean, that's hard to say. Like, maybe not do harm, but like my time was genuinely waste. I don't know. Yeah, it, it's. I've never. I have not it's been made question. pissed. Yeah. Necessarily fully by anything so far. I have. This one got me. This one got me. Yeah, I will say this one got me pissed reading it. Yeah, um, it might be Angel. fun when we have like a a, a a thick backlog. Maybe it's like mm. a Patreon video to do an episode on like <laughs> reviewing our old scores and like yeah. comparing and being like, "Damn, did I we really like totally that book that, more yeah. than this one?" Defend that would be yourself. that would be probably yeah. fun. All right, cool. Well, guys. there it is, y'all. That was uh, the air conditioned nightmare by Henry Miller. That was yes, our indeed. podcast by Spine Crackers. Thank yeah. you uh, so LLC. much. LLC. Yeah. Uh, all rights reserved. Live, laugh, come. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are, that's true. If you want to subscribe to our Patreon, that'd be good because I am poor and I would love to be able to use use your money to buy the books to read and then entertain you. So it'd be like it, it'd be like a true value of just like you symbiotic love us. Yeah, exactly. 
It's so, almost like someone should like come up with an economic system where people trade goods and services for money so they can survive. Yeah, yeah, like when people traded like rabbit skins. It's a kind of like the same thing. Someone or maybe that, or maybe that old uh, uh, slowly degrade the artist and his true worth. Or that. That's also uh, likely. It won't. All right, everybody. Patreon.com slash Spinecrackers. YouTube.com slash Spinecrackers. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Much love. Much love. We love you. Goodbye. And good night. <laughs>